It's wonderful that you're all still chatting and talking about those lessons. Before I speak, I always request that the song, Fairest Lord Jesus, be sung. In all the hymnals, no song captures for me Jesus Christ and the essence of who he is, like the song, Fairest Lord Jesus. So if you bow your heads for me just for a moment, let me pray to that Lord and commit this message to him. O fairest Lord Jesus, beautiful Savior, Son of God and Son of Man, I pray this night that you would anoint my mouth, you would anoint my mouth with your words, and that you would wing these words and these truths to the hearts of these women that sit before me. And I commit this message to you in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you. Our family's missionary adventure began 26 years ago with a verse. My husband Bob had been in full-time Christian work for over five years as administrator of a large church in Memphis, Tennessee, a church that had about 5,000 members. But my husband wanted more. His heart was in missions more than it was in the local church. My heart was not in missions. <laughs> I was very content with our little women family of four daughters. Our daughter, Missy, who's sitting over here. Missy was in high school. Missy, raise your hand. Missy was in high school. Our daughter, Ashley, raise your hand, Ashley. Ashley was in junior high. And unfortunately, our daughter, Meg's not here tonight. But Meg was in pre-kindergarten. And last but not least, our daughter, Meredith, raise your hand. Meredith was in diapers. This was not the time to talk to me about going to a foreign country and being a missionary. It was not the time to talk to me about moving the whole family to a foreign country and living in a very strange place. But Bob, in spite of his wife, could not overcome his real sense of calling to go into missions. So we decided to set aside a day of prayer and fasting and a time for us both to search the scriptures. I hoped that by doing this, we could kind of get it out of Bob's system, <laughs> that Bob could get over with this missions thing and we could get on with life. As I said to Bob, Bob, who would want us? What mission agency in their right mind would take us as missionary candidates? We were not a young couple straight out of seminary with a box of books and a baby. We were middle-aged. We had four children. And not only that, Bob had a wife who did not want to be a missionary. <laughs> Our day of prayer and fasting was not a happy day for me. Three times in one day, the Lord gave me a very unusual and scathing series of verses in the scriptures. You have before you a scripture sheet. 
And on that sheet, you will see an Old Testament verse that's quoted in the book of Hebrews three times. In Hebrews 3, verse 7, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In Hebrews 3.15, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in rebellion. Last and certainly not least, in Hebrews 4.7, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. This was not the verses that I wanted to hear. I love Bible study, and I knew enough to know that if God repeats a verse, pay attention. It's very important. As I said, it's not the verse that I wanted to hear. The Lord knew I'd always loved his word. And as I read and I tried to deny that this verse was for me, the Lord nailed me with another verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, where it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, join a mirror. It judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. My passion was and still is Bible study. And these verses in Hebrews 4 were so significant to me because it's one of the few times in the entire Bible where the word itself, the Bible, speaks about the word of God. And in this verse, it explains what the Word of God is and what it does. The Word of God has the power to penetrate and to touch our deepest thoughts and feelings. I knew that day that God himself saw my heart, and he knew that fear had hardened my heart to his will for our lives. A very scary thought. When Bob came home that night from our day of prayer and fasting, he was so excited. The Lord had clearly directed him, and he could not wait to share with me the verses that the Lord had shown him. Bob's great ministry passion has always been to be able to care for others, to equip them to serve the Lord. And that day, the, verse had, the Lord had shown him verses that he thought were just perfect. God had directed him to John 21, verses 15 through 21, and condensed, those verses are on your verse sheet, but condensed, those verses say, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, follow me. Just what Bob wanted to hear. But Bob began to doubt this calling because he started to think about his staff on the church the church staff that he dearly loved. And then he remembered the wife that didn't want to be the missionary in the four daughters. And as Bob was questioning the Lord, the Lord said to him the same thing that he said to Peter when Peter started quoting or worrying about God's will for others' lives. God said, what is that to you? You follow me. When Bob came home with all the excitement, of a gleeful five-year-old to share these verses with me. 
I was devastated. Being the great woman of God that I am, I just wept and went and got in my bed. I pulled the covers up over my head. I cried. I wailed. I tried to change God's mind for his will for our family's life. After several hours of my wailing and whining, I was exhausted. And Bob, being a wise man, he waited until I was exhausted. He came and he stood beside my bed and he said, Vicki, the rebellion has got to stop. By this time, I was so tired. And I had decided that Bob must follow the Lord. And I came to the sullen and to the wrong conclusion that Bob must follow the Lord and I must follow Bob. For the last 26 years, these verses in John 21, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, follow me, have been Bob's personal ministry verses. I've been a weaver for years and to celebrate our living and serving the Lord in Europe. On our 20th year, I wove this tapestry to hang in Bob's office. I learned to weave the fluffy sheep while studying weaving in Turkey. And the yarn in the tapestry comes from Germany, Belgium, France, and Turkey. This tapestry has been a visual reminder of how the Lord directed Bob through scripture so long ago. But dear friends, I'm here to tell you tonight that the Lord is personal and he directs us as individuals and not always by following another person. The Lord often will use others to guide us and to help us know his will for our life. But the Lord is so precious and he wants to direct us as individuals and not always as just sheep who are part of a flock. The Lord is personal, precious, and powerful. And he says to each of us, come, follow me. I began to learn this truth graciously as we prepared to leave Memphis, Tennessee and move to Belgium to serve the Lord. In 1982, we were appointed as career missionaries with Greater Europe Mission. A mission agency was thrilled to get Bob with his gift of wisdom and his administration skills, and they were clueless of what to do with the wife who didn't want to be a missionary. We raised our support in seven months, which is truly amazing when you realize only one of us was praying about it. But we encountered a great delay. Two months before we were to leave for Belgium in 1983, we found out in the same week that both of our mothers had cancer. Our mothers had the same oncologist. They were three doors apart from each other on the same hospital floor. And we found out that at that time that my mother had inoperable lung cancer and that she probably had 10 to 12 months to live. Bob's mother's prognosis was much more cheerful, and she was able to have surgery and lived for 20 more years. Needless to say, we did not leave for Europe at that point. My mother's battle with cancer lasted for 10 months, and four months after her death, we left 
for Europe. The Lord was so precious, personal, and powerful to me and my family during my mother's dying and death. One of my big issues with leaving Memphis, Tennessee was because my mother had been legally blind since I was a child and my father had died several years before. And the Lord in his graciousness knew because I was very involved in my mother's daily care, it was very hard for me to leave her. I could never imagine how I could leave my mother. And the Lord in his grace and goodness and in his sovereignty, the Lord had my mother leave me. And she's been blissfully sighted and wonderfully happy in heaven for all of these years. Praise God. On June the 2nd of 1984, the McIntyre family left the States and boarded an international flight that ensured that our lives would never be the same again. The Lord was so personal to help me make that move. Those who know me know it takes a lot to keep me going and I always travel with a lot of luggage. Ladies, I cannot take a day trip in a car to Dallas without bringing a carry-on. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have produced four daughters who are just like me. <laughs> also, I love to decorate. And having never lived in Europe before, how did I know that I would be able to get everything I needed to create a house that would be a home for our family. Never being one to take chances, I decided to Bob's horror that I would take most of the stuff I needed on the plane with me. So the day we left America, Bob had to deal with a sobbing wife, four daughters, 26 bags of luggage, the living room rug, 20 yards of blue fabric, and last but not least, a small chiming clock. And the Lord is so personal. And this is the first time I've used this as a public display, but right here we see the lovely box that a carpenter friend of ours made for me so that I could be able to take the chiming clock on the flight with us when we left for Europe. See, I had this thing in my mind. I didn't know where we would live, but I wanted it to look like home. And I thought if I put the rug down, I can drape fabric on any windows. It would look like the house, and if we had the clock, it would sound like our house. My husband was just shaking his head until this friend rescued me and decided that he would make a box for my clock to travel in. Truly, travel and luggage requirements were much different in 1984 than they are today. But the Lord is precious, personal, and powerful. And he says to us, come, follow me. The Lord is so personal that he doesn't ask us to follow him just like we're sheep in a flock. He asks us to follow him by name. He's our good and a gentle shepherd. But we have to have listening ears to know when the Lord is calling. When one of my daughters calls me on the phone, 
they never have to identify which child it is. I know their voices. Not only do I know their voices, within the first half a second, I can usually tell by the tone of their voice what state, what emotional state they're in. And you know, if we can know this with our human children, just imagine how our creator and our sustainer, how personally he knows each and every one of us. He knows us with each individual cry and call to him. He knows our emotional state, our condition, and he's willing to help. It may be that even tonight the Lord is putting you through an experience that seems terribly demanding, even humiliating. Perhaps the Lord's dealing with you about walking in obedience in some area of your life, some habit or undisciplined area that you struggle with. Instead of listening to the Lord, sometimes it's so much easier to look at other people, to look at others and say, "Ah, what about their life? What about her habits? It's so easy for us to entertain thoughts that it's not fair for the Lord to deal with us and not with others. But you know, Christ says to us, as he did to Peter, what is that to you? You follow me. When it comes to the matter of following God's will, You only have to answer to the Almighty. Quit looking around for equality. Because the Lord is so personal, he knows each of us by name. He calls us individually, not as sheep in a flock. And it's our job to learn to listen so we hear and know when he's calling us to follow him. The Lord is precious personal, and practical. The Lord is so practical that sometimes he knows that we're dumb like sheep. And he often has to repeat things to us. Three times the Lord repeated in the passage in John 21. Three times he repeated to Peter, do you love me? Two times in that passage he said, follow me. That day, 26 years ago, that Bob shared the ministry verses that uh, for us to become missionaries, the one unique thing that I could not deny was the fact that the Lord had repeated to both of us our verses for that day. And when you're seeking to hear the voice of the Lord because he's so practical, often he will repeat the verse. Never worry that you will miss God's message that he's trying to give you. If you're listening, God has a way of getting our attention. The God of all creation who spoke the world into being has a way of getting our attention. Not only is the Lord personal and practical, he's very powerful. The great news is that the Lord is powerful enough to equip us, to equip you and me to do his will for our lives. The Lord has proven this to me over and over again since I've served him in full-time Christian work. Not only was I a semi-sane, premenopausal mother of four when we went to the mission field, 
I've also had a hearing disability since birth, and I had been told that it would be very difficult, if not near impossible, for me to ever learn another language. Not only did I have a handicap, my husband Bob was a stutterer. Rarely in missional history has a couple done as poorly in language study as Bob and I. But God is so powerful. And he has helped us to serve him in areas of leadership with several organizations during our missionary career. What handicap do you struggle with that you think would prevent you from following God and his will for your life? The word followed as used by the Lord implies more than just a one-time call. Often, when God is calling us, there's power in the very call. He does not have to drag us from place to place for us to be in his will. Whatever else happens, there remains this one basic fundamental fact, that only the person who wants to follow Christ will ever do so. All of the rest will be strays. The Gospel of John ends with the scene of Jesus exhorting Peter to follow him. We do not have to wonder what happened to Peter. Did he follow? We just keep reading the book. And in the first part of the book of Acts is recorded a record of the power and the leadership that Peter displayed as he guided and directed the early church. This is the same Peter who denied Christ and acted like a spiritual wimp. The same Peter truly did discover that the Lord is precious, personal, practical, and powerful. And he chooses those to follow him. Many people assume that to become a Christian and follow Christ calls for self-denial, poverty, and hardship. It's a distorted picture, for in fact, though we may relinquish our old selfish lifestyles, we discover to our delight an entrance into a much greater and broader dimension of living when we follow him. I'm so glad that Bob had the courage to stand beside my bed that night 26 years ago and to tell me the rebellion had to stop. I'm so glad that God gave me the grace to crawl out from under those covers and to take baby steps in following him and his will for our family's life. Few families have been as blessed as our family because God chose us to serve him and to love him as missionaries in Europe. During our years in Europe, we lived for 13 years in Belgium and we lived 10 years in Germany. I had the honor of starting the work of Bible Study Fellowship and also Community Bible Study International on the continent of Europe. For years, I was involved in training and teaching thousands in Europe the value of in-depth daily Bible study and how the Word of God gets in you 
and transforms you and changes you. In spite of my hearing handicap, I've learned many language coping skills and even introduced the concept of layaway into Belgium and Germany. I also know the words for antique, sale, and restroom in 27 different languages. <laughs> and on the fun side, just to convince you that the Lord is personal and practical, in my 23 years of living in Europe, I was able to import my hot pink lipstick and fingernail polish and my super strength hairspray. I never ran out. Isn't God good? And my brave, courageous, godly husband has had the privilege of equipping so many missionaries to serve the Lord through his leadership skills that have been used by many Christian organizations. A.W. Tozer once said, the Christian life is thought by some to be a glum, unrelieved, cross-bearing experience under the eyes of a stern father who expects much and excuses nothing. The truth is that God is the most winsome of all beings and his service is one of unspeakable pleasure. The call to follow the Lord is not just a one-time call. At different times, the Lord calls us again to follow him to a different place that he's prepared for us. It's been wonderful tonight to tell you what God's done in the past as he said to me, Vicki, you follow me. It's fun to share how last year the Lord spoke to Bob and I again and the Lord said, come on y'all, follow me. I think God's a southerner. And the Lord is so powerful and practical, and he was so wonderful to us as we experienced last year an international move from Germany to Texas, our third foreign country, <laughs> as our dear daughters will witness. Thirteen months ago, our shipment from Germany arrived, 384 boxes of European trash and treasures all arrived at our small house here in Fort Worth. We have worked like whirling dervishes these past months to repair, reconstruct, and redecorate our global cottage. But the exciting and the scary part for me is that just as the dust was beginning to settle from our international move, just as we were starting to establish new habits, like reading the Star Telegram, developing a taste for Tex-Mex cuisine, and following the cowboys, I began to hear again that small, still voice, that voice of the Lord saying, Vicki, come on, let's do it again. You follow me. For the last five years, my ministry focus and responsibilities have been being part of an executive leadership team, helping to develop multicultural classes for Community Bible Study International around the world. 
but in the same style and manner as before, with the repetition of the verse, the Lord has challenged me to again follow him. For months, through the Women of the Word Bible study and through our Christ Chapel small group, the Lord has been repeating, and in other ways, countless ways, the same verse. A verse to challenge me. A verse to make me think differently. And the verse is in 2 Corinthians 5.20 where it says, Be an ambassador for Christ. As though God is making his appeal through you. And through that verse, the Lord has encouraged and directed me to resign from my global international position and to begin again to speak and teach for him. Speaking to you tonight is a reality and a fulfillment of my renewed calling and ministry. My hope, my prayer, and my purpose in sharing this message with you tonight is that you would be encouraged. I pray that you will listen and that you will realize that the God of all heaven and earth desires and can effectively communicate with each of you when you're listening. I pray that you'll remember seeing this tapestry and hearing this message and that you will be fully aware that the Lord is precious, personal, practical, and powerful. And he says to each of us, he says, you, come, follow me. Praise God. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, how we do thank you for these attributes and for the wonder that you do call us each by name and you love us dearly and desire to guide and lead and direct us on this journey through earth. I pray that this message would quicken ears and hearts and that we would all continue to seek to hear your voice as we try to follow you. And I pray this prayer in your name, O fairest Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you.